Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a joy to be here and to be focusing for the next few weeks on spiritual gifts. We're going to take a, a next Sunday is Peace Sunday, so we'll be looking, focusing on peace and, and food security in particular. Then we'll jump back into spiritual gifts two weeks after that. Um, and um, as you know, I love to teach. I'm a professor and uh, um, I love students, so today is a mix of, of teaching and preaching, so if you have a pen and a piece of paper, you might want to take some notes. If you don't want to take notes, I'll send you the sermon that has all of the details and scriptures in it, but it's, it's, um, we're, we're learning today. We're learning, and God is working in us. I do love to teach, but there's also some other things I love to do. A couple of years ago, my friend John Riley asked if I would come and help him. There I am. Uh, he has a window cleaning b- in business, Riley's Window Cleaning. You can Google it. And uh, he was having a very busy season, and he asked if I would be willing to come out on Saturdays because at the time I was uh, working at a university. And he said, uh, come out on Saturdays because I wasn't teaching on Saturdays. So uh, lecture during the week and clean windows on Saturdays. And um, I've always been interested in people who have successful small businesses, and John and I have been a friend for many, many years. So he told me to come out and to bring any window cleaning equipment I had. So I grabbed my little squeegee that I used to clean my car, and, um, and there, there were, the rubber was on one side, it was about this big, and the other side had foam that was deteriorating. Um, we all have one of those, I think, somewhere in the garage. Um, John rolled around to my place at around 7 a.m. We start cleaning uh, windows uh, at 7.30. We went, we drove down, this is in downtown Toronto, um, and I, it was around this time of year, so it was cold, but I knew it was going to be wet and cold, um, so I wore the appropriate clothing so I could get wet and cold, uh, uh, try to stay dry and warm. We drove downtown to a four-story huge building, and we had to clean all of the windows from the balcony, so we had to go through the apartments and into the balconies. Um, so I, uh, I was so excited to be work. I love to use my hands um, to change my own oil and to, to wash a window. I love it. We headed up to the third floor. John told me to grab a bucket of water and some window cleaning equipment that we, we um, the fluid that we put in the water, and, a sque- and he told me to grab my squeegee. Uh, so he said, Rob, let me show you how this is done. So he grabbed his squeegee. Well, first he grabbed his window cleaning brush. And uh, this, this has little things in it. And, um, and so he, he, he washes it with this, dumps it in the water, washes it with this, and he does this. You know how window cleaners do that? Have you seen them do that? They're so good. You have any idea how hard that is? That is hard. And then he grabbed his squeegee. Now, it was a little bit longer than this one. And it was beautiful, and it was, it was a professional one. And he goes up, and he goes like this, 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 down to the bottom and like that. And it was the cleanest window you've ever seen. It was beautiful. And I'm thinking, I can do that. So I grabbed my little Canadian tire squeegee <laughs> with the rubber, uh, with the foam that's falling apart on the other side. And I, I, I do that to try to clean the window and leaving little foam bits on the window. I flip it around and I, and I have the little rubber bit, not noticing that there was, there was the, the rubber wasn't complete anymore. It had degraded, so there were little cuts in it. So I started and it looked like modern art rather than a clean window. John looked at me and um, kind of shook his head and uh, 
kind of rolled his eyes and he said, hold on. He ran downstairs. I could see down the, he ran out to the truck. Um, and he came back to the balcony with a fresh bucket of water with the soap in it, a, a brand new cleaning brush, and an 18-inch brand new piece of rubber on a, on a squeegee. And um, he said, try this. So I rewashed it, and then I tried doing the proper window cleaning. And it's amazing what you can do when you have the right tools. It still didn't look as good as John's. I still had to use my cloth. I had my rags in my pockets and cleaned around the edges. But it looked a hundred times better than it did when I used my, my little Canadian tire squeegee. He knew that with the right tools, I could do the job better. So he gave me a gift. He said, Rob, these are for you. And, and in fact, this, this, is, this is from John. This is, this is John's cleaning brush. It's Rob's cleaning brush. If you need someone to clean your windows, I'll be happy to come and clean your windows. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk later. I love, I love cleaning windows. I love to see a beautiful, clean window. It's just lovely. John knew that if I had the right tools, I could clean a window well. And, uh, and I, I love doing it. God is in the process of building his kingdom here on earth. He's not about cleaning windows. He's about doing all sorts of work that require the right tools. The way he's chosen to do this is through the church. Not the wood and brick kind of church. Not a particular denomination or particular congregation. He's building the kingdom through us. He has a personal interest in the project to see as many people come to Christ as possible. And because of that, he's given us everything we need to be successful. We have the right tools, and they're given to us as gifts. This is my gift window cleaner. We have the gifts we need, the spiritual gifts, to do the work that God has prepared for us. So, take your pencils and your paper, because this is part one of three of spiritual gifts. Let's start by defining spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 6 and 7 says, there are different ways that God works in our lives, but it's the same God who does the work through all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us as a means of helping the entire church. The gifts aren't for us. The gifts are for us to use to bless the church. Spiritual gifts can be defined as God's special endowment of believers for service primarily within the body of believers. Spiritual gifts are primarily used within the body of, of Christ. Yes, they can be used for evangelism and witness and mission, but they're primarily given to bless one another, to care and to grow the church. While God equips us in many ways to impact and help those who don't know him through evangelism and witness, spiritual gifts have a specific purpose and they're primarily to be used in the church. Spiritual gifts are to be used to strengthen and build the church, to strengthen and build us. 1 Corinthians 4.26, all of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. All of the gifts are to be used for the strengthening of the church. 1 Corinthians 14.12, so it is with you. Since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in the gifts that build up the church. You want to grow a church? You want to build up a church body? 
Use your gifts. Use your spiritual gifts. Now, the word for gift in the Bible is charismata. Um, charis. Do you have any friends called charis? Any names that sort of sound like charis? It usually means gift. Now, um, it literally means grace, and grace is a gift that you don't deserve. So, a spiritual gift is a grace. It's a gift that you don't deserve. Undeserved grace. Chariz that's where we get the word charisma. Um, these gifts are a part of, of, of how God works and lives through us. An undeserved gift. So for the next few weeks, we're going to examine what the Bible says about spiritual gifts. We're going to look at what they are and what they aren't. We're going to look at uh, what they're for, who they're for, and how to use them. Now, most of you could probably preach this sermon, but so this will be a reminder. The children weren't quite sure about spiritual gifts, and perhaps some of us have something to learn too. So let's see what we can learn. My hope is that by the end of the series, at the end of the month, that each of you will have a better understanding of what spiritual gifts are, and perhaps most importantly, an understanding of what your spiritual gifts are. How well do you know yourself? How well do you know yourself? I thought I knew myself, and then I got old. I am not my younger self. I am my older self. And I'm learning to be used by God. The New Testament references spiritual gifts in a number of places. And if you want to jot them down, I think David's got... David, did, look at that beautiful, beautiful powerpoint that he's got together so he's got here five different locations that reference the spiritual gifts there's nine referenced in first corinthians 12 and then there's first corinthians 14 it speaks of words of wisdom words of knowledge faith miracles prophecy so please take a look at first corinthians chapter 12 romans chapter 14 sorry romans 12 4 to 8 has seven spiritual gifts referenced prophecy serving teaching exhorting giving Leadership. Mercy. Mercy. I love that gift. Go down to Ephesians 4.11, and that has five gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. These, these spiritual gifts that, that, that allow you to serve as those in those roles. And then my favorite is the last one, 1 Peter 4.10 and 11. And it says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very word of God. Do you know that when you speak, you speak the word of God? It's not just behind a pulpit with a microphone. When you speak, God speaks through you. Continuing at verse 11. Um, if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised. So that really speaks about two gifts, whoever speaks and whoever serves. Who here speaks? Yes, you all speak. Who here serves? Yes, you all serve. You do. And God wants to work through you as you speak and as you serve. Let's look at the basic principles of these gifts, the principles of gift giving. Now, this is just about gifts in general, but it applies to God's gift, uh, giving gifts to us. You give gifts based on the knowledge of a person. A good gift fits the personality, the style, the needs of the one you're giving it to. You choose a gift based on who you want to give it to. 
I would give my Sarah a very different gift than I would give Pastor Paul. Pastor Paul, I would give a plant, or I would give, I don't know, Paul, what, what would I give you? I'm looking forward to it. I'm getting to know and to love Paul. We've worked together for a year. Sarah and I have worked together now for 32 years as we've been married, and I hope I've given you some good gifts, but I am not as good a gift giver as Sarah. Sarah has the gift of gift. She, when you know a person and you know their needs, what they're like, when you care for them, you know the perfect gift. And Sarah gives good gifts. The best gifts are not necessarily big or expensive or flashy. The best gifts, gifts are well thought out and just right. Uh, I, was, I was with Josh. Where are you, Josh? You still here? Josh in the back. I was there this week, and he says, Rob, I'm going to give you a gift. And I thought, you know, big, a car, a boat. Um, uh, <laughs> and he says, you know, in the summer in the backyard at Mom's house, you saw the, um, the passion flower vine. And it had the most beautiful flowers, the passion flower. He says, I'm going to give you those seeds, a seed so you can grow your own. And you know, that's the perfect gift for me. And a boat. No, 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 no. no. The seeds, I love flowers. So to grow those passion flower seeds, I, he knows me, he knows that I would like, and he gives the gifts. Next, gifts. To give a gift is fun. How many times did your mother and father say when you were young, it's better to give than it is to receive? Did your parents ever say that? It's better to give than it is to receive. And when you were young, you probably said, yes, mom and dad. But on the inside, you were thinking, what? What? No, I like... But in reality, as I get older, I realize that it makes more sense. That there's a joy in giving. If I give someone a gift, I know they'll love. I'm on pins and needles until I can give it to them. Selecting and giving gifts, it's enjoyable. It's fun. Next, gifts are to be used and appreciated. You wouldn't intentionally pick out a gift for someone that you thought would end up under the bed or in the closet. You want a gift to be used and appreciated. I remember when my nephew was young, I knew he loved, um, what was it called, monster machines? What is it called, monster machines? Micro machines? No, this is like any, anything that was a tractor or a big... Month and mighty machines, mighty machines. It's the big micro machines. The mighty machines. And so they were selling big, like tractors and front end loaders. So I got one, I bought one for my nephew, and um, it came in this huge box. And then it was Christmas, and he opened it up and he looked at it and he put it over in the corner and he went and he played in the box. Um, in the box. I spent all that money, and he loved the box more than the toy. Now, later he did play with it, but nonetheless, you want a gift to be used. So these, these are three simple principles. Most of us would agree with them, and we knew them already. But the reason I pointed them out is that there is something that all of us can relate to. We've all given gifts. Have you ever given a really good gift, and the person loved it? Ever given a really good gift? Feels so good. And understanding this helps us to understand the mind and heart of God when He gives us His gifts. 
Each of these principles is reflected in the way God gives gifts and spiritual gifts. Let's start, let's, uh, first one here. When God gives, A, God knows us and he gives us just the right gift. John 10, 14, I love it. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. God knows us and gives us gifts according to that fit. He knows us, he loves us. Now the word here in scripture is gnosis. This is where we get the English word knowledge. God knows us and loves us. But it's not just general knowledge. It's an innermost working and intimate knowledge. God knows us so well. It's like, um, it's like a watchmaker who can open up a watch and they know every part, how it works and how they work together. He has a knowledge of how to build a watch, how to make a watch. That's the same kind of knowledge God has of us. He knows our inner being. Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Isn't it something? God knew you before you were born? He knew, and he knows me even now. Every hair on my head. What did you say this morning to me, Joan? I asked, how's my hair? And you said, not a hair out of place. I'm taking that as a compliment, Joan, and I appreciate that. Unfortunately, Paul is the same. We both have not a hair out of place. God knows every hair on our heads. He knows and he chooses the gifts that fit. You have a spiritual gift or gifts, and it fits because God knows you. Next, God enjoys giving us gifts. You can look through Scripture and where God surprises people. Abraham and Sarah are given a baby in their old age. The Israelites are given food and water, manna from heaven. What a wonderful surprise, a gift from God. Adam was lonely, so God gave him a gift. It's called a wife. What a surprise. I'm so glad he created wives. Isn't that a wonderful gift? This is when all the men say, yes, that's a wonderful gift, Pastor Rob. I couldn't ask for a better gift than a wife. Yes, he surprises us. He gives us gift. And to be honest, that was, that was the best gift that man could have asked for in his loneliness was a wife. Isn't that beautiful? God speaks clearly about how much we need gifts. Here's a beautiful scripture, Matthew 7, 11. If you then, though you are evil, this is Jesus speaking, know how to give good gifts to your children. So if you as human beings know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? You love your children here, but imagine God who knows me intimately. Imagine how much more he will give to us, his children that he knows and loves. All we have to do is ask. We need to understand that it's a pleasure for God to give gifts to us. He delights in it. Like a father who's happy who spoils his daughter and his son. Any of you been spoiled? Have you ever been spoiled? Have you ever been given a gift that you didn't deserve? Have you ever, have you ever been spoiled? Oh, spoiling feels so good, doesn't it? When someone gives you something and you know you don't deserve it, it's just a wonderful gift. There's been a few times... Um, when Sarah gives a gift to someone, they cry. When they cry, that means bullseye. It was the right gift. They cried. Let's continue. Following up from this, when he gives, he intends us to use and appreciate what he gives us. 
He doesn't give us gifts to, for to show off. He doesn't give gifts that are impractical or unusable. You know, some people say, Rob, you've got a gift of preaching. And, and I, I think I do have a gift of preaching. But you know, it's not for me. Like, woe to me if I love preaching because I love me. No, I, I don't love preaching because I, I love preaching because I love you. And I love God's word and I love serving him. And I think you can tell the difference in a preacher who loves preaching for them and the preacher who loves preaching for you. You can tell. He gives us gifts that fit our personalities, our passions and our talents, but the gifts are for us to give away. The gifts are for us to serve others. Here's 1 Peter 4.10. Each one of us should use whatever gifts he or she has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. Have you ever been given a gift to give away to someone else? Have you ever been given a gift to give away to someone else? Someone gives it to you and they say, oh, it's not for you. It's for you to give away. Have you ever? We should try that. We should try that. Receive a gift and give it away. Because that's what God does to us. He gives us our gift so we can give it away. So, let's continue to look at some of the truths about spiritual gifts. There can be a lot of confusion about the gifts. Uh, who has them and, and where they come from. Um, what we're supposed to do with them. But scripture is clear on all of the issues, and it gives us a complete picture of what a spiritual gift is. Um, let's look at Romans eleven twenty nine, David. For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. That's from Romans. And, uh, and it speaks about his gifts and his call not being withdrawn. And I put that one in there because some of us feel like we're getting old and that perhaps our, our gifts aren't useful anymore. But I want us all to realize, young or old, your gifts are yours and they are not withdrawn. There is no expiry date on your spiritual gifts. There's no best before date on your spiritual gifts. And I love it when children express their love, their, their godliness in their care for one another. When children say the most beautiful things, they have no idea that God is speaking and working through them. So spiritual gifts are not for a certain age group. Here's some truths about gifts. Firstly, they are for every believer. If you don't understand anything over the next three weeks, please remember this. God teaches that spiritual gifts are given to every believer. Many Christians, there are many who feel that they have nothing to offer. That they're not good at anything. They're not smart enough. They're not qualified. So they come and they sit. And yet they don't enter into the ministry because they don't think they have anything to give. Brothers and sisters, my beloved family, you have something to give. And God has given, to, given it to you to give away. Yes, you have a gift. Use it. Use it, everyone. A spiritual gift is given to each of us as a means of helping the entire church. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Given to each of us as a means of helping the entire church. Use your gift that you have received to serve others. Everyone has a gift. If you are a believer in Christ, God has given you a gift to use in the body. Don't fall to the lie that you have nothing. That sense of insecurity. Yes, you have a gift. Next, gifts. Gifts are given by the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit sees fit. 
1 Corinthians 12, 11. It is the one and only Holy Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So, your gift is chosen for you by the Holy Spirit. It's not something we pick. Well, I'll go to the, Holy, I'll go to the gift store and I'll pull this gift and this gift because I like those gifts. No, God decides based on our character and on the church, on, on what our needs are. They come from the Holy Spirit. So, sometimes your gifts surprise you. Sometimes they might scare you. But the reality is that God knows what he's doing. Some of us have a gift. Some of us have many gifts. All the gifts are given to us to be used for others. Next, they're used for use in the church. Now, we've already looked at this. Um, We've read the scripture on it. But I wanted to mention it again so there's no confusion. Our gifts are primarily used to build the church. Primarily used to build the church. And because because God knows us, and he's given us these gifts, these are uniquely suited to each of us. Each gift is important. Not one is more important than the other. Each one is essential to the body. They complement each other. Now, we give back to God and to the church that which he has given us. And sometimes our gifts aren't very flashy. There was a time when Paul and I were mopping up the, uh, the floor uh, in the men's bathroom. And you know that needed doing, didn't it, Paul? What gift were we using as we cleaned the bathrooms? Gift of service, yes. Can a pastor clean a bathroom floor? Yes, a pastor can clean a bathroom floor. I think a lot of us have the gift of service, and we can use it to serve the church. John, climbing up on roofs and patching holes in tiles. Gifts of service, gifts of worship. Matt, today, leading in worship, we're grateful. Grateful to have you back. And two of the four kids back. Uh, Pray for health in the family. Yeah. Using whatever gifts, Tim, using whatever gifts we have to serve Jesus. Sometimes they take us up front, and sometimes they take us to our knees in the men's bathroom. Is one better than the other? Quinn, I hear a giggle. You know, it is important that we have the church clean. Is it not? Yeah. It is important that we have the word preached. Is it not? But one gift is not better than the other. The gift of preaching, I had to go to school for an awful long time for that. But the gift of cleaning, the gift of service, I'm learning a lifetime how to do that. Yeah. God bless you three in the front pew as you serve one another. Yes, as you use your gifts to love and care for one another. God knows us and our gifts are unique. It's clear from Scripture that he can have, that God gives us sometimes more than one gift. We can have many gifts. To every believer, a gift is given. To some, a variety of gifts that work together to enable a person to minister in different ways. 
When, as I go to your homes, as we live together, as we serve together, it's been a year and a month now that, that Sarah and I have been here, and I'm getting to know you and see you and see what you do and what you, uh, what you love and where your strengths are. We need to take an opportunity to use our gifts in the life of the church whenever we get an opportunity. We're not to be satisfied, but always seeking, where can I serve? Where, what, what new gift can I develop? There are, there's sometimes gifts come and gifts go. As, as, you, as, you, as you age, sometimes God changes your gifts. I love Matthew 25. It's a story of all the servants. Remember, three servants were given different amounts of money, and they were, they were told to invest it. And in the end, one buried the money and nothing happened to it. Some made, made a great profit. And at the end, verse 29, it says, For whoever has, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. I wonder if that's true for us too. I wonder if that's true. As we learn to serve, as we open our lives up to Christ, that we'll be given gifts in abundance. I, I think we are. I think we are given in abundance if we're open-handed to Jesus. God wants us to use our gifts, and if we are faithful to use what he has given us, we will have in abundance. So, when you take all of this teaching and you put it all together, it means that we are a church full of gifted people. Amen? We are a church full of gifted people. God knows what the church needs, and he gifts the people accordingly. Yes? I didn't hear very many yeses to that one. God knows the needs of the church, and he gifts his people accordingly. Yes? Yeah. He knows what we need. He knows who we are. He gives us gifts to bless and build the church. He's given us exactly what we need to be God's church. He's given us exactly what we need to be salt and light here with each other and to the world. God has gifted us and given us what we need. And importantly, this is an important truth, we need each other. We need each other. I have a gift. You have a gift. And together, 2 plus 2 equals 10. That's God's math. I use my gift, you use your gift. Together, he does incredible things. We need each other. And we have everything we need. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you that you've given us gifts. Father, teach us through your word about our gifts, not to be shy, but to ask you, Father, how can I serve you best? How can I best use the gift that you've given me? Thank you for the gifts of service, gift of faith, wisdom, teaching, gift of giving, gift of speaking. Father, whatever we have, we will use to serve you and to build your church today. Use our hands and our hearts our minds and our mouths to serve you and to use the gifts that you have given us to bless your church and to bless your world. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.
Amen. Thank you for listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.